lives to grow, to be challenged. Lord, I pray that you would speak through your word today. Challenge us in a significant way to be more like you. God, I pray that you'd use my words. Lord, your word says that through the foolishness of preaching, Lord, you change hearts and transform hearts. And God, I pray that you'd use this venue, this way to impact lives today. Lord, I pray that uh, we would see you this morning, Lord, through this message. And we ask this in all God's people said, amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We've been studying the book of Genesis, and uh, many of you are reading or have already completed reading through the book of Genesis, which we're encouraging you to do, and we're asking you to read it because it's God's Word. And as we highlight God's Word, we know that when we read it and we ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us as we read it, it transforms lives, it changes us, it's life to us. And so we want to, again, I want to encourage you to be reading through, if you haven't already, read through the book of Genesis. And then when you complete it, we want you to sign the board that's out in the lobby. Young and old, we want to encourage everyone to sign that board as a statement. And then we're at the end of the series, we'll put the glass on it, put it up on the wall for a season and say, you look what God did through this season as we honored God's word together. And it's been exciting. I was thinking about this this week, that not a day goes by in my life where I cannot find myself in the story of Genesis, relating, finding truth, finding uh, just, uh, just uh, an awakening uh, in my spirit. If we're looking for it, if we're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself through it. I've enjoyed this series, and I'm asking you to just take some time in Genesis. So far, we've looked at the story of creation, where God was at the center of that. We've looked at the story of Adam and Eve, kind of two, two parts, that one, we were created in the image of God and what that means for us. The other side is that we, there was the fall, but in the fall, when, we, when Adam and Eve fell, they received tremendous grace that's offered to us as well. And then last week, we talked about Noah and uh, that Noah was a worshiper of God and what that meant for us. And uh, that we, our prayer was last week, Lord, awaken us. And I, it was exciting to see you respond. Many of you respond in worship last week. And uh, we want to continue uh, as we talk about worship each week through the fall in our worship, corporate worship time, that we are growing and in, in, uh, establishing foundations of worship in our church and in our own lives together. Well, today we're going to move past Noah, and which kind of ends in chapter 9. We're going to kind of move through chapter 10 and 11, not spend any time there. Chapter 11, uh, the Tower of Babel, a really cool story, but we're not going to take some time there. At the end of chapter 11, takes us from Noah's son, Shem, all the way through Abram, or we call it Abraham, which was later, he was later called Abraham. And, uh, and today we're going to focus on the story of Abraham. Abraham was a stud. He was and is revered. As Bible characters go, Abraham, uh, he's got his own song written about him. How many know the song? Father Abraham had many sons. I mean, who gets a song? We're not singing songs about Paul or Jonah, or maybe a little about Jonah, maybe, I don't know. 
But I mean, this guy, he was amazing. And what's interesting about Abraham is not, we don't only, only find the story of Abraham in Genesis, but it is riddled throughout Scripture. Today we're going to look at Joshua and James and Hebrews uh, and particularly, but they, all throughout Scripture, people are mentioning Abraham. And it's just an incredible story of how he was raised up at a time and was willing to sacrifice his son and just all the things, uh, just incredible. He is considered to be the father of faith. As we look at Genesis chapter 12 through chapter 25, that's really what encompasses the story of Abraham. Now don't worry, we're not going to go verse by verse through those 20 or, or uh, through those 13 chapters, but we want to give a little bit of an overview. What happens in these chapters is that God, he speaks to Abraham. In fact, uh, from a, a textual, you know, just a textual look, there are six encounters that Abraham has with God where God speaks to Abraham, and then in each time, Abraham does something about it. He's a man of action. And what's interesting is not only does Abraham listen to God, those close to Abraham are listening to God. Those close, it's contagious. Abraham is listening to God, and then all of a sudden we see Hagar listening to God. And we see a lot listening to God. And everyone who's involved in Abraham's life is in contact with God because of the power of Abraham's faith. Pretty incredible story. But what's interesting is I dove into this. We don't see it in Genesis, but we see it in Joshua. We get to pick up a little bit and piece of Abraham's past. In Genesis chapter 12, it talks about the story from Shem all the way to Abraham. And we understand that Abraham's father, his name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H. And what's interesting about Terah, we don't see it in Genesis eleven twenty six. But turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. Very interesting. I want you to see something here that just really gripped me. Because we come from different backgrounds, all of us. Some of us have great backgrounds. Some of us have uh, rocky backgrounds. Some of us come from backgrounds uh, like we, we heard last week. Um, Judy Marichek, you, you mentioned just uh, God's grace in your life. Uh, you, I mean, you shouldn't be here by all standards, and, uh, and it's interesting. But listen to, to Abraham's background in Joshua chapter 24. This is the chapter where uh, Joshua is renewing the covenant with Israel and, uh, and, and talking to the Israelites, and he's reminding them of their past. And in verse 2, it says, Joshua said to all the people, he said this, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river. Okay, you're saying, well, big deal, right? But listen, it continues. And it says, and they worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. That little scripture there jumped out at me this week. And we understand that Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. How did Abraham turn out so good with such a crazy past, a messed up past? 
As I was thinking about that, and I was even thinking about my own personal family, my mom grew up in a home. It was a broken home, divorce. And I remember my mom telling me and my sisters that she committed when she gave when she uh, got married to my dad, they committed to each other. Look, nothing is going to keep us apart from, from separating. And my parents, by God's grace, for however many years, are still together. And I thank the Lord for that, and I pray for them. But you know what? There are some of us that come from backgrounds of abuse, maybe divorce situations, maybe poverty. Maybe you've allowed sin to creep into your life and, uh, and uh, that has affected you, and maybe it's affecting those around you. And I just want to say, Abraham was able to get beyond that, and God used him in a powerful, powerful way. And I want to say that God wants you to be a person of faith, no matter what uh, your background is like. If you look at that chapter in its entirety in Joshua chapter 24, it's really Joshua's plea to the people of Israel. And then verse seven, or 14, he says, Now fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. He's continuing talking about his history. He says, Throw away the gods of your forefathers that, that they worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourself this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I want to encourage every family, every individual, that as you understand what happened there, as Joshua is standing up before the people of Israel saying, look, this is your past. This is even uh, in Abraham's past, there was worshiping of idols. And he's saying, look, today, choose who you will serve. And he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, as I read that, and as I meditated on that, I believe there are individuals here, your past has been messed up, <laughs> just to say it uh, uh, frank. But your future is not determined by what's happened behind you. And uh, let that be the word of the Lord to you today, that your days ahead are going to be blessed as you surrender your life to God and as you commit your ways to the Lord like Abraham did. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, that's not what I was, I'm here to preach about. But I couldn't get past that. Abraham, his past was a past of idol worship. He grew up in a home where they worshiped idols. And God used him, plucked him out, and said, I want you, Abraham, to, be, to rise up to be a man of faith. Abraham is a man of faith. What does that mean? And what does that mean for us to be a person of faith, to live by faith, to live like Abraham did? What does that mean for us? Where does the rubber meet the road for you and for me today? And the word that I want us to focus on for these next few moments is movement. You say, well, that's odd. Well, when I read Genesis chapter 12, through Genesis chapter 25, which, by the way, at the end of the service, I'm going to encourage you to reread that again. If you haven't read it already, read it for the first time. Because in look for the movement in Abraham's life. 
It's incredible. And we see, we're not going to take the time to read through the story. It would take way too long this morning. But we get a glimpse of the movement in Abraham's life as it's described in the New Testament. So I want you to turn with me first to Hebrews chapter 11. What is Hebrews chapter 11 for those of you that have been around the faith? The faith chapter. And we know Abraham is the father of faith or has been described as that. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we get the definition, a biblical definition of what faith is. And it says this, faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. This is what the ancients were commended for. All right, so faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 8, now here's a story of Abraham in a nutshell. By faith, Abraham, when he called, when was called to go to a place where he later received uh, his, as an inheritance, hello, obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. Verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Verse 11, by faith Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become the father because he considered him faithful and he made the promise. And so, verse 12, from this one man, and he, he as good as dead, I love that, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And in verse 17, another little snippet here, 17, 18, and 19, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise him from the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Wow, that's a snapshot of what happens between Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 25. Abraham's story is one of movement, of decisions. God speaking and Abraham responding in these different ways. Flip over just a couple uh, pages in your Bible to Hebrews, not to Hebrews, but to James chapter 2. Another section of scripture here that talks about Abraham. And it's talking about faith and what that means. And it's describing that our faith is important, but our faith is not just believing. Our faith, there has to be action with our faith. Let's look at this in James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some would say, you have faith and I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believed 
that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And what's the example? Abraham. Look at this. It says, was, was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did by the movement in his life, by the action, by the deeds, when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his action were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And, that, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Pretty cool. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. God's word here challenges us to be people of faith. As we look at Abraham's story, we understand he had great faith. But his faith was not just his belief. He was a man of action. He was a man on the move. And I want us to consider our lives today. What does that mean? We're saying, Lord, here we are today. I think what we need to ask is, what's next? Abraham, when he was challenged, he acted. He moved. And for each of us this morning, if we are going to be called faithful, if God is going to use us, we have got to be moved. And for some of us, we need to be moved again because I know some of your stories and God has moved in your life in tremendous ways but as we talked about it last week sometimes we can get in a rut we can become stagnant and oh God help us to be moved again in Abraham's journey he leaves Haran and goes to Canaan at the age of 75 if you think you're too old this morning to listen to God and to be used by God, uh, I have news for you. Abraham had another 100 years, and uh, I don't think anyone lives to 175 these days, but wherever you are, uh, George and Linda, after 57 years, God still has a plan and a purpose for you guys. Abraham, his journey then called him to live in the promised land day after day. He had to deal with the Egyptians. He had to deal with his nephew Lot. He had to deal with the whole Sodom and Gomorrah situation. And through all of that, was Abraham perfect? No. But he was God's man, and he was faithful. He faced famine, and he could have lost his confidence at many, many times. They struggled with fear as, uh, as they dealt with the Egyptians and the, as they moved to, into Egypt for a season because of the famine. They were fearful. Abraham was fearful that he was going to lose his wife. And so he lies about his wife. And uh, interesting, interesting story. Chapter 17. I was thinking about this, Bob. Maybe it could be the theme of our men's retreat. It's when he's challenged. He challenges himself and all the Israelites to undergo circumcision. Just kidding. That would not be a good <laughs> men's retreat. But interesting chapter uh, about obeying God. Talk about the rubber meeting the road. And then, of course, we see in his story, his journey, that he, is, he deals with uh, the priest, uh, uh, Melchizedek, uh, and he offers a tithe and is just a great example. Over and over in Abraham's life, on his journey, he is obedient. There's movement. 
Are there obstacles? Oh, yeah. There are many obstacles in uh, Abraham's way. Was he perfect? Not a chance. But what's interesting is he didn't lose confidence. He didn't live overall in fear. Instead, he lived in faith. And the obstacles that came were God's opportunity to work. And what's interesting about that is that God, at times, will allow obstacles to get in our way. You say, well, why does God work that way? Because God wants to move in your life. We've had obstacles in our lives, and we've said, God, move, help us. There's nothing we can do. And God has shown up and has moved. And that's the way God works. I love this week, um, I had the opportunity to, to preach a funeral um, for uh, an individual that was very, very loosely connected to the church. Um, uh, maybe just a couple of you would even know the family. And, uh, uh, but as I, anytime I talk about uh, a, a funeral or, a t- or speak at a funeral, I use Psalm 23. Uh, Psalm 23 ministers many times in that season of our lives, but there's a little phrase in Psalm 23 that says, even though I walk through what? The valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know it. And what I point out is that it's a season of walking through the shadow of death. We don't set up camp in destruction or in the obstacle. We are walking through, and in in those circumstances, it's God that helps us through those things. It's God saying, uh, I want to work in your life, and there's an obstacle, and he's the only one that can help get us around. And it's movement in those those circumstances is how we develop uh, this life of faith. It's how we live by faith today. I've been challenged recently. Uh, there's a pastor up the road. We meet uh, once a week, and uh, we're, we're meeting to kind of sharpen each other, and uh, we, we've been doing an exercise, a couple exercises, and the one exercise is called the decision table, and uh, it's interesting that we're going through this as I was going through uh, this story of Abraham. On the one side, you look at your past, and you say, okay, what decisions have I made that have been positive? And what steps did I have to take to make that decision work? And what was the impact in my life and in the impact on, on the, the local church? Okay? And so I, we're reflecting on some things, and I look back on, you know, when I was a kid's pastor, I looked at some of the things that we've done here uh, and some great things that, that God has helped us make good decisions. What were the steps? And then what does it take uh, or what was the impact uh, of those decisions? And so that was the decision table. Then we look forward. What decisions need to be made? What steps need to be taken And what's the impact in the future, the preferred impact for those situations? And we were just going through this, just this last week as I was studying Abraham, and I'm saying this is the story of Abraham. He was a man of decisions. And there were steps that he took along the way, steps of faith, so to speak. And man, there was incredible impact in his life. And I need to continue to take steps of faith in my journey, in my life individually, and even as a church. We need to be taking steps together by faith. In every area of our lives, movement, that we're moving, that we're not stagnant. 
As I was thinking about things that are stagnant, I was thinking about a stinky, smelly pond. You know, if you know, if you know what I'm talking about, a pond that has no movement and there's scum that kind of develops on the top and if you get close to it, you start to smell and uh, there's death and, and, uh, and there's, there's no movement in a pond. There's a great contrast between a pond and a river. A river has movement or a spring and there's life that is available in that. And the same is true in our lives. When we sit still, when we get stuck, we do, when we stop taking steps of faith, our lives start to stink. And God wants to just speak to us and say, let's get moving together. It doesn't matter what your past has been like, if you've been faithful before or if you haven't. Today, today, is a day that God is saying, I'm here to help you. And our response needs to be, Lord, here I am. What's next today? And I believe that you can do it, and I can do it, no matter what our past, or what our, no matter what our heritage has been. If there's one thing that I would like for you to walk away with knowing, is that you can be a person that lives by faith. Now, the enemy doesn't want you to hear that. He doesn't want you to believe that. But I know that God uses steps of faith in our lives to overcome fear, to inject confidence, and the result is blessing, fulfilled purpose, provision beyond belief. So what do you need to do today? What's next? It's decisions. God's word, when we look at the story of Abraham, at least in the New Testament, it's describing a man of faith. And his faith was not just his words or what he thought. It was his faith and his deeds put together, working together. And I want to challenge myself and I want to challenge you as the body of Christ that we should be living by faith, listening to God's call, and the fact is, is if we get our faith and our action moving in the right direction, it will change us. It'll affect us. It'll change your family's life. It'll change your family tree. It will help us in every area of our lives. And another thing it does is we understand faith and deeds working together for God's glory. It changes us. It helps us with selfishness. And, uh, and Lord knows I need to be challenged in that area. But today, what decisions need to be made? If I could take you through that lesson or the, the, the exercise that, that um, Pastor Adams and I are going through, what decisions need to be made? What steps of faith need to be uh, a part of those de- to make sure those decisions happen? And then what is the impact in your life? And there's, things, there's decisions about money that need to be made in your lives. There are some of you that are drowning in debt. And God is saying, listen to my word. Stop the madness. Get on a right track. Make a budget. And we would love to help you in that process. 
Some of you, it's decisions about relationships, about uh, people in your lives, maybe relationships that need to be established in your life. Maybe you need to seek out a mentor or someone to walk with you. Or maybe it's the opposite. There's a relationship that's negative or that's, that's uh, tearing you down, keeping you from God's best. And a decision needs to be made. What steps need to be taken to make sure that happens? And what's the impact some of you, God is dealing at this season, especially in mission season, about your giving. And God would say, be uh, true to God's word. You can't outgive God. And he's maybe challenging you in your giving to maybe to establish a pattern of tithing uh, or maybe to, to give for the first time in your life a faith promise above and beyond your tithe. What is God building in your life? Where is God leading you where has God perhaps spoke to you before? And you knew there was clear direction. There was a decision that needs to, to, to have been made. And maybe it's just stalled. And you need to jump start that decision. And you need to take a step of faith. Where would God be ministering in your life today? What is it? Where do you need movement in your life? Because as I look at Abraham's story and the way it challenges me, I see Abraham as a man of God, a man of faith that heard the word of the Lord and then moved on it. He was a man of action. His faith was combined with his deeds and he moved forward, listening to God. The challenge for us is how do we do that? Where do we turn? What's next for us? What's next for you and your family as you consider your next week or next month or the next year? What is it that God is calling you to do? And what's great about the Holy Spirit, He's omniscient, He knows all things, He's omnipresent, He's here with us, and He's here in our family, He's here in your family. He's here in your family, in each of our families, each of our situations, and he's here to speak to you directly this morning. If we'll listen, if we'll allow him to speak. And I believe that God is a, a good God, and he'll give us the next step. He may not give us the full picture of where we're headed, but he will give us the next step. And then it takes some faith to walk those things out. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. It's possible that you're here this morning and the next step that you need is to get your life right with God. In a similar way that Sonny and Kamaya did last Sunday and they, we saw them water baptized this morning, maybe you're here today and you're away from God and you need Jesus to touch you in a powerful way, to come into your life and to save you. If that's you this morning, I don't want you to, uh, to take another breath without recognizing that in your life. If you are here and you're away from God and you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand? We want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, yeah, all right else this morning? Who 
else would this morning would respond in this way? Just saying, yep, that's me. I want to surrender my life to the Lord. Praise the Lord. As far as I can tell, there's just one young lady that has raised her hand. And I'm going to ask that Alicia and Katrinka, she's right in front of you. Would you mind sliding up with Jess? It's Jess, right? Yep. It's my wife's name. This is Katrinka and Alicia, and they want to pray with you and just to walk with you and, and uh, just come around you in this moment. And uh, what is about to happen in Jess's life, I met her earlier, is God's going to take away the sin in her life. Amen? And that's exciting. We're, we're excited about that, and we want to walk with you, Jess, and, and to, to see God continue to work in your life, and uh, that, that's, that's exciting. But while they're ministering, and Katrinka, you can just go ahead and uh, start to minister to, to Jess. I appreciate that. I want us to consider our own lives. Where are we today? What is God saying in this moment to you? What is next for you? in your family? Are there relationships that need to be changed, to be tweaked? Is there uh, some issues with money that need to be addressed in your life? Maybe it is your giving that God is, is challenging you in. What is God building? Where is God leading in your life? And could we take some time this morning to reflect on that? to ask God to challenge us to take the next step of faith. To use Abraham as an example, a man of movement. And would God move us this morning? And if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I need help to make the next step, whatever it is, I want you just to stand right where you are and just ask God, to minister, to help. We're going to pray with you in a moment. Yeah, who else? In this moment of honesty saying, yep, I need help. I need God to come alongside me today to move in my life. Yeah, thanks. Who else would respond in that way? Who wants to be moved to allow God to can't do it on my own. Maybe as you look at your past, past of abuse or poverty, or maybe you're dealing with the sin that so easily entangles us. Yeah. Yeah. If you're standing this morning, I'm going to ask that you would move this morning. And I want you just to join me in the altar. All right? Just, just come. I appreciate that. Don't want to embarrass anyone, but I want to give you an opportunity. You know, Abraham was a man of action, not just in his mind, but he moved. And uh, God wants to move in these folks' lives today. And beyond that, he wants to move in your life. So I'm going to ask that you would stand this morning. And as we spend some time before our dismissal, could we offer our lives to the Lord.
and just be open to whatever he has for us. And if you feel led to come and pray with one of these individuals, I would encourage you to move and to, to come and join me. And we're going to pray for a moment, and then we'll come back for a final dismissal in the next few moments. But let's seek the face of God together for what's next in your life and what's in next.